Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan, and we have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we'll analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. I'd like you to stay. Will you? Mm. I'm going to yell about that later, so that's why I set it up. Yay! Welcome to 2003's Boy Meets Boy. Yes! Aired on Bravo. This was a Bravo dating show in 2003. Yes. So we are still in the early days of reality shows and trying to figure out how they work. Which is very obvious from the fact that this is not very good at it yet. Yes. So The Bachelor's only been around for three years at most right now. Uh, because I know Survivor was was 2000. So I would imagine Bachelor is 2000, 2001. 2002. Really? Yes. So it's only been a year since The Bachelor, and we're having our first gay dating show. Yes. Interesting. All right, let's get to it. Let's pour one out. What do you got there, Laura? So, uh, during the elimination ceremonies, it was accepting a glass of champagne from James, The Bachelor, Mm -hmm. and it was a... Very odd red-tinted champagne, like strawberry Andre. Yeah. Whatever happened to Andre? So I have some uh, sparkling wine tinted with grenadine. Oh, very nice. Is it good enough that you'd stay in the house? It tastes like sparkling wine that I mix with grenadine. Cool. It's a little sweet. Now this is a new question. What do I have here, Laura? So... The way eliminations worked in this was there were sets of bachelors of whom James would have to send one home. Mm-hmm. So this is your set of bachelors. All right. So there are three shot glasses in front of you. Yes, they're Each with a clear liquid in it. Yes. You have three seconds to choose one and take the shot. <laughs> can I talk a little bit before this, putting me on the clock? Um, you can try. Because what I told Laura to do was like, it'll be funny if one is a straight shot of vodka, because straight, and I'm trying to... Oh, there's a straight shot of something, right? To not find the straight one. Uh, In front of me are three uh, shot glasses. One is Hamilton, one is, it says just a girl for Captain Marvel, and one is a gremlin. Do I get to know my percentages or anything like that here? Or I guess he didn't know, right? No. Okay. I will say, one of them is clearly cloudier than the others. Yes. (laughs) So, I'm going to get ahead and not throw away my shot, and I'm just going to down the Hamilton shot. Here we go. That was just water. Yep. Yes! (laughs) All right. Mm. Delicious. I'm so disappointed. I will take another shot later. (laughs) You'll take another shot at the end? Yeah. All right. Uh, Do you want to know what's in the other two? No. Good. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, yeah. If you want to see if I pick the gross shot or not, you have to wait till the end of the show. The dramatic conclusion <laughs> of Noah drinks a thing. All right, let's get into boy meets boy. So the central conceit of this show is that James is the bachelor, and there are fifteen men. Yes. Eight of whom are uh, eight of whom are gay, and seven of whom are straight. Yes. The gay men on this dating show are not aware of this. Yeah. Uh, it should be noted that... And the straight men are not aware who the other straight men are. Okay, that makes sense. I don't think we knew the spread going in. No. I think we were just constantly told some are gay, are straight. Yes. Um, and a few things I want to set up right here at the, the bat. James is going to get to pick from 15 near-identical men. Yes. Do not expect us to remember names. Until episode, like, three or four. Because it's literally a bunch of identical white guys and, like, maybe two mixed-race people. Who are gone. Who are gone almost immediately. Spoiler. Uh, There's a host of the show whose name I've never learned. Danny Bear. Danny Bear, who is explaining to our bachelor, James... Uh, that, you know, he's looking for love and I'll be here. And his friend Andrea. Well, Andra. Is it Andra or is it Andrea? Andra. It's just Andra. Okay. Yes. Uh, Andra is going to, and I really want to point this out. Don't worry, James. Andra will be here all week. Yeah. It's one week. Yes. <laughs> this show takes place in a week. So you know this is going to be some true love that is found. The show thinks it's progressive because the idea here is that gay is the norm and straight people need to be in the closet. Yeah. We start meeting guys. My next note is, there are 15 dudes. Oh no, I will never keep them straight. And then my next note is, dot, 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 oops. I made it funny. <laughs> uh, we start meeting guys. One guy gives... Uh, James a gift. It is a CD that he burned of his favorite song. Yeah. Uh, we will at this point know this man as Knockoff John Darnielle. Yes. Because he looks like the Wish.com version of John Darnielle from the Mountain Goats. Yes. Uh, Sean also, like, kisses James's hand like he's Prince Charming like he's a or the Pope or something. Uh, Noah yells, of course there's a Wes. Because there's a guy named Wes. <laughs> and then there is... A man who has a for rent shirt. Yes. His name is Rob. And he has uh, vibes that are best described as douche boat. Yeah. A uh, douche boat is a young man who ha- is very attractive, but just kind of has D-bag vibes. Uh, at this point, I want to bring this up because I think it's important. Think Bradley Cooper in the mid-2000s. Yes. In anything. Uh, I want to bring this up because I think it's important. We watched this on YouTube. Yes. And there were two YouTube channels that host this. One had all the episodes. The other had all the episodes broken up into 10-minute chunks. We're like, oh, let's just watch the full, complete episodes. Watch the chunks, guys. Watch the chunks. It's like Hollywood is the the name of the the channel. Yeah. To keep it on YouTube... It seems to have been slowed down uh, and zoomed in. Yeah. So there's a few times where, like, 
one of the competitors is talking to the camera in a talking head and the name pops up and their occupation is cut off. Yeah. So this is also part of the reason why we struggled so much with this is because the version we started watching, we ended up changing, was terrible. Also, the other thing to point out here is there's no Hot Mess Express contestants. Uh, Because when you think about shows like Daisy of Love, you had the triplets. These three, 84, 85, and 86, Mm -hmm. where they were such hot messes, they became memorable because they were ridiculous. Mm -hmm. In this, like, like I said, everyone is identical. I, I say that there are a few guys that look too much like James. Yes. That it's hard to tell them apart from The Bachelor. I absolutely agree. Uh, we also have two people with the same name. I believe we have two Bryans. It's just, like, it's unnecessarily frightening. We have two Bryans, and I think we actually have two Michaels. So dumb. So frustrating. No, we have one Michael, but we do have two Bryans. Okay. They talk about music. There's, the show is, a, at this point, mostly boring. They talk about genres of music they like. Yeah. Uh, we establish that, like, Franklin likes classical, and he might be a bit uptight. Yeah. The, there's a lot of, like, ups, assumed drama. Yeah. Where it's just like, what kind of music do you like? I like classical. Oh, he must be a snob. It's like, where did that come from? Like, you're, you've jumped too far in your, your logic. Uh, we also, I need to mention this. Yeah. Whenever we go to commercial, this only happens in the first episode. When we come back, there's this weird montage where it's all of the contestants saying things out of context mm-hmm. while the words, are they gay or are they straight, like, flash over it. I absolutely hate shopping. And look at the women and look at the men say i am i love sports i said you know am i really we're about to find out if i can do it or not i guess he took that as a pickup line perhaps this could be considered my big coming out it wasn't that at all belching i fart a lot i've never ever questioned my sexual preference the hardest part is going to be when people start asking me questions about my past and who I am and what I'm into. To make a long story short, she was like, we either need to choose me or choose this guy. I get my little player all the time. <laughs> I'm gay, and she goes, you are not. Who am I? You're not heterosexual. Gay, are you? I am. What at work seems to think I am. I'm definitely. You know, whatever. Because <laughs> the gimmick that this show is trying to establish is... The whole time you're supposed to be going, that's a straight move. That's a gay move. And this is a weird comparison. It reminds me of Cooks versus Cons. Okay. Where it is professional chefs versus people who are not professional chefs. And there's three judges like, that's not something a professional chef would do. That's a con move right there. Yeah, it's all stereotypes. At least in that show, it's not a stereotype. It is the actions of how good of a cook you are. Yeah. In this, it's supposed to be showing these stereotypes. But they actually don't lean on it hard enough to make a guess. No. All right. Now that I got that out there, continue. So some of the boys acknowledge that they might be attracted to each other over James. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And each one kind of gets like a one-on-one with James. And at this point, my note is, this is worse than offensive. I'm very bored. I'm unbelievably bored. During this party, the show does something not just unforgivable, but so avoidable. Yeah. He's like, James is kind of like talking with all the guys and they're just kind of drinking, having fun. And James just goes... I have a random question for you guys. We're all going to be stranded on Desert Island alone. What one thing would you hope would wash up on shore? And before he asks the question, he very clearly looks down at his hand because that's where the questions the producer gave him are. Oh my God. James is boring. But like the fact that they couldn't even like cut away Like, they couldn't just use a different shot there and, like, just cut to a reaction shot so you didn't clearly see that he was reading. Shows what a failure of a contestant this man is. And he's the main character. Yes. Uh, People (laughs) said things like a knife, a mirror, so they can see themselves. At least one dude says a man, which I'm like... A man, another human... Uh, so then everybody's drunk by the end of this. Yep. Uh, and then the main drama that will kind of be the force throughout the whole show pops up. Yeah. In the form of Dan. Yes. Dan is a little too eloquent, a little too perfect, except he admits he might not be entirely monogamous. Yeah, he, it's never really made clear what the deal is here. Because he will later say things like, if we were in a relationship, I'd still be with him. <laughs> but, like, it seems to be that the the main thing is he used to be in a relationship, and now he's not. But he thinks about him sometimes. I got the impression that he had a friend with benefits somewhere that he is willing to break things off with. That seems to be the implication, but, like, on top of that, this guy that they keep bringing up is in New York, and they're in L.A. Yes, because the entire cast is from California. Yeah, so it's just this, it's just confusing to, the problem that is existing is entirely made up by us, the audience, Yeah. based on the fact that they're upset, even though they're not giving us any details about the the situation at all. Then James and Andre need to choose 12 of the guys to stay and three to go. Mm -hmm. He gets rid of uh, the only only man of color. The only man of color. Immediately. He's the first one gone. Jason. Jason. And one of the Bryans for our sanity. Yeah. And he says Jason was too shy. We find out uh, Chris and Jason were gay and Brian was straight. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about Jason here for a moment. Okay. Uh, J- As a result of this show, Jason was discharged from the Navy. Really? Don't ask, don't tell. It was 2003. Oh, all right. Now, it was, in fact, uh, he was given an honorable discharge, which meant that he was able to retain his rights and privileges as a veteran. But he's uh, creating, he was at that point creating a uh, support network by for those affected by Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Wow. So 
to be kicked off in one episode. And admittedly... It changed the shape of his life. Yeah, and I, I think it's a shame because we could have, if we had spent more time with this person, we could have really discussed that aspect. And for a show that's like, really wants to do the political end of it. Yeah. It, it's a huge failure, in my opinion, of... Oh, an incredible... It's one of many huge failures. Because failure the producer, at this point in the game, the producers probably could have been like, you need to keep Jason right now. And we could have at least gotten one, one or two more episodes with Jason. I mean, I'm sure, if I understand correctly, Jason was discharged as a result of this show. As a result of, like, telling his CO. Oh, not because they just saw him on the TV? He told them before. Oh, was, okay. He'd already been cast in the show, though. Gotcha. So it was more of a, like, well, you're gonna find out. May as well be for me instead of national television. Gotcha. Uh, two other things I want to talk about here mm-hmm. with uh, the elimination ceremony. The host very clearly says, offer the people you want to say to stay a glass of champagne. Yeah. This is supposed to be the Bachelor, will you accept this rose moment? Yeah, absolutely. I think James is unable to say the word champagne. Because what he says is... I'd like you to stay, will you? Like, he doesn't pronounce will or you correctly either. And he never says, like, will you accept this glass of champagne? Will you continue to rock my world? Yeah, no, it's, it's just this monotone, no character, will you? And immediately I'm just like, I hate this guy. I, I, I'm not going to care who he picks because I will never like him. It's just dumb. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I want to say is uh, the way that they identify a contestant is calling them mates. And yes. we both hate that. <laughs> yeah, and it's very much so that they can start referring to the straight mates. Yeah. So, episode two starts, and the men are upset about after the elimination. And Andre and James have a very boring discussion. And the next day, they find out they're going to be cowboys. And they're going to do line dancing. Yeah. It's time for some line dancing. My notes here. Oh, God, it's my senior year of high school all over again. Wait, what year was this? Was this my senior year of high school? It wasn't. Uh, the other thing that I find out in this one, it's it's... Obvious, but it's it's an important note. Unlike Rock of Love, James stays in another house. Yes. Uh, I think, one, this is a huge mistake because it prevents people from drunkenly trying to bother him while he's sleeping, which is the best part of Rock of Love. Yeah. Uh, But I also think what the show was hoping for was that two of the mates end up together. Yes. And if James was constantly in the house, it would be harder to pull that off. Yeah. That doesn't really happen. There's like two guys they kind of make some implications about. Yeah. But like, it's there's nothing beyond like playful, we're in front of a camera moments between yeah. those two. But they're, they're definitely trying to construct that as a plot point, and it never happens. And as a result, all it does is create a separation between the guy we're supposed to care about and all of the contestants. 
So the, they're doing this line dancing and square dancing, and they pair together all of the guys, which is, I think, leading toward what you're hoping for. Like, mm. they want to pair these men together, so maybe there'll be a spark. Right. Uh, my next note, it looks like seven grooms for seven brothers. James makes a comment about not liking Dan, and I was uh, my reaction is, why didn't he eliminate Dan? Yeah, it was very clear that this is the reality show. This is the obvious person to be sent home. Oh my God, they weren't. Ooh. And so we get a montage of them dancing and everyone sucks. Uh, Like Rob is awkward. Franklin sucks. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, James is told to lasso one guy he'd like to get to know better. They don't even have a prop lasso. No, they have nothing. Uh, I also want to point out this. When they're learning to line dance, the gayest guy there is the instructor. Oh, yeah. Because the instructor just keeps, like, grabbing their hips and, like, throwing them into his crotch and then be like, all right, now rub your your partner's chest really, like, erotic like this. Oh, yeah, that's what you want to do. That's, that's line dancing. And I'm like, uh, sir? This reminds me of a, a show that was on The Onion. Yeah. Called Sex House. <laughs> and it was a parody of a, like, reality show where the idea was they were going to put all these people in a house at, with the idea that they'll just have lots of sex. Okay. And it's like an old guy, one gay guy... One, like, very sexual girl that nobody likes, and a virgin. And they're just all in this house, and the uh, entire idea of the show is the people who created the show basically just don't understand how humans work. Like, the only food they gave them is, like, pumpernickel bread, and they're constantly putting in these, like, it's like, all right, today's challenge is... Pass the banana between your mouth to your partner's mouth. Do it. Kiss. And they're just like, we don't want to do this. We're not attracted to any of you. That's what this felt like. Everything is so like, do it. Be gay in front of me. Do gay stuff. And they're like, this isn't even what line dancing is. (laughs) It's, It's painfully awkward. Yes. And so, you know, they we try to do this. And James awkwardly does not lasso Franklin. He picks Franklin, but he doesn't lasso him because that would have required them having a lasso. No, he just picks somebody. So they have a little moment where they dance together. They acknowledge the chemistry while Andra like teases the other boys about stuff. And then half the boys are sent home and half the boys are going to go rock climbing with them. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, the... And it's boring. There is a five minute, maybe not five minute, but at least a minute minute long segment of them just on a tramway. Yeah, like the Disney Skyliner. Making like small talk like they're in an elevator and it's just them being like, it's kind of (laughs) scary. It's a little scary, right? We're high. 
It's a little scary if you're afraid of heights. You're holding on for dear life. I remember Brian being terrified. He and I are just gonna like hide in the middle of this machine and just hope that we make it to the top alive. He's like, why are we killing time on this show? There's just no content here. Uh, before we we talk about uh, <laughs> what goes on with this rock climbing, we got to talk about that the other boys that are sent home just go antiquing. Yes, and Andra, and we have to watch it. <laughs> and some of them decide to get James a gift, like that's part of it. And Dan and Andra clash. Yeah, because he knows uh, he's dated another guy in his life. It's it's rough. So, uh, I have another note. Okay, wait, they're rock climbing. Oh no, they don't look different enough. I don't know which man is which. Yeah, I like. Then when they go rock climbing, they all put on sunglasses and helmets, and then they're all just the same person. At that point, there is nothing to delineate who James is, who any of the other people. The only people I know it's not when antiquing. So at the end of it, he can pick a guy to join him for a picnic. And he goes, I'm going to pick between three of you guys I haven't talked to. And the camera pans to three identical white men in white shirts. (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you. None of them have tattoos. There's No. no, like... They or all like distinct hairstyles or different color shirts. Like, you know, that's a big thing that actually I'm going to calm down so I can explain this gently. Uh, you'll notice if you watch The Amazing Race that every team will subtly always wear the same color. Yeah. Like, oh, the, the father daughter team. They're always in purple. And the two lawyers, they're always in blue. It's that so you could be like, oh, it's that team. And you at least have, like, something to separate human from human. None of that here. Yeah, it is. Ungood. Ungood. So then he picks Darren, and James and Darren just have the most awkward conversation. Like, I, I know I keep using the phrase awkward. I know I keep glossing over. Nothing of value is said or done during these. No, I have nothing to add. There's like a a big thing they keep teasing about rock climbing where James is going to need help. Is that even this episode? I think it is. Yeah, because it's rock climbing. Uh, Like every time they go to commercial, they have this like tease of this close up of James's face again wearing a helmet and sunglasses going. And later, James goes on a group date that turns scary. There's nothing to hold on to. I was just frozen in fear. And finally, we find we get to this moment and it's just James being like, I can't climb. It's too hard. And Wes being like, sure, you can just pull yourself up. The view's really nice up here. And then he pulls himself up and he's up there and he's not that high. No. Like, it was slightly higher than bouldering. And if you don't know what bouldering is, bouldering is when you go rock climbing without a harness because it's not that high. (laughs) Right. So, the antiquing boys each get, like, gifts for James. One gets him a shot glass. One gets him a pillow that says hope. Uh, One gets him a shot glass chest set. Uh... 
Dan gets him a dirty card. Yeah. And then an one antique of them, dirty card. And then one of them gets a coffee table book that Andra had mentioned at the store, and she is pleased by this. And now it's time to cut people again. So he cuts Mark, Paul, and Jim. I can tell you that because we don't know anything. I wrote their names down. Uh, Mark is gay. Paul and Jim are straight. I don't remember spending any time with any of them in the episode. That's like the big thing that they set up in episode one that they're not promised. They're not coming through on in episode two is we don't get any shots of like people seeming to be uncomfortable with like the line dancing or anything Mm -hmm. or any comments of like, wow, he's really outdoorsy and like jockey. It's surprising that he's gay. Like none of those sentences come out. No, there's nothing in here that makes me think I'm playing the game that they set up in episode one where I'm trying to spot the gay guy. Like, by the end of this, I'm like, oh, right. It, if it wasn't for the fact that you reminded it us reminded it us at every commercial break that some of them were straight, I would have forgotten. <laughs> the show is too cowardly to really commit to stereotyping them all the time. Uh, because that's like what it... Th- what it's trying to get you to do. But the show knows that's gross and then doesn't want to commit to that. So they kind of are trying to make the, uh, trick the audience into doing their dirty work for them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. Uh, it, no, none of this works. And I, I want to ask you this question at this point. Yeah. Uh, because we've watched another reality show with a big lie in it. And mm-hmm. that's, I want to marry Harry. Yeah. When we watched I Want to Marry Harry, did we care about any of the girls? For the most part, no. Okay. Because I was like, is it is this show so bad that we just don't care about any of these people? Or is it just that's not what I do when I watch one of these shows? No, because I know I definitely usually kind of care about one of them. Mm-hmm. I did not care about most of these people. Like, at this point, the, the one thing I can say for sure is I hate James. He's so bland. He's so bland. He's so boring. To the point that I don't want anyone to date him. <laughs> no, like I feel like if I ended up liking one of these men, I wouldn't want him to date James because I'd want better for him. Right. It's, uh, it's bad. Episode three. So episode three, literally as we were going to start this episode, I thought to myself, this is um, completely ignoring the idea that some people are bi. And then we open episode three with one of the men is bi. Yeah, Michael, one of the men announces that they're bi. And I was like, oh, okay, so we are going to at least address that. Everyone, it's hard to say that everybody freaks out. The way I would describe it is... They only included reactions that look slightly upset. Because people are surprised that someone's coming out as bisexual. But it is not that this is a gay dating show and you're bi, you don't belong here. I think the biggest reaction we get is, oh, wow. Are you bisexual? Yes. Wow. But then we are, as the audience, are trying to be given the idea that this is a scandal. 
but no one is really acting that way in the show. Yeah. The bio erasure is fascinating to me. It's just, it, it's such a, it, it's something that we still kind of see in 2022 of, there's still that false binary. Yeah. Of straight or gay. And because we know people who are bisexual, who are in, uh, you know, who are married and they tend to have that part of their identity erased in favor of being considered either gay or straight mm-hmm. based on their spouse. Yeah. And it's incredibly problematic. The people we know who that has happened to have pushed back against it very hard. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to see that this like bi erasure has just at this point in pop culture, bisexual just was kind of like shorthand for promiscuous. Yeah. Like the only bi characters we really see in pop culture in the mid 2000s are promiscuous. Yeah. They're uh, quote, quote, greedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're quote, quote, uh, you know, oh, they just want both. So it, it's interesting that we don't spend that much time. Yeah, I did write down the line, we assumed everyone here is straight up gay. And I was like, that's a funny line. It, like, you could have totally done something with that line through editing to really show the joke of it. You could have just called the show Straight Up Gay. Yeah. Like... <laughs> That's a better title. Because Boy Meets Boy is so generic of a title. Um, and actually, I just had a thought. I just wanted to see when something was published. Uh, Boy Meets Boy is a young adult novel with gay themes published the same year. Oh, really? By uh, David Levithan. Hmm. So, this was published September 2003. The show aired at the same time. Like, the show aired from end of July to early September 2003. Right. So, they just, one of them probably should change the title. Yeah, someone should have, should have blinked. So, the men also gossip about Dan. Yes, it turns out Brian... That's a bit of a thing for Dan. And we see butt. And we see Dan's ass. Because Dan, like, waggles his butt against the shower door. Mm-hmm. That being said, this is one of my favorite moments of the show. Because it's the guys just all kind of being goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me a little bit of those moments in Daisy of Love. When Daisy's not there. Yeah. And the guys are just kind of having fun and being goofballs. And this tends to happen in... Dating shows where the suitors are male. Because I feel like in Rock of Love, if the women were left alone too long, it became like, we're going to make crafts for Brett. Yeah. We're going to make him a card. We're going to wait by the door in lingerie for him to show up. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, the guys are like baking a cake or waggling their butts around. Mm -hmm. Or baking a cake, I believe, is Daisy of Love. Um... So they have, like, a lot of fun. Yeah. So they're going to go... For the first half of the show, they go to a zoo. Um, it doesn't make any sense. And Andrew picks Matt to go on a single date with James. Who cares? Uh, Andra gets into an awkward water fight with the boys that feels super staged. Yeah, I said, oh, a staged water fight breaks out because they needed some sort of content for this show. Matt and James have an awkward... 
one-on-one. Darren writes a dirty limerick, or Darren writes a dirty limerick that's censored for TV, so it's absolutely pointless. Yeah, like to the point where you can't figure it out. Uh, my next note, this is such a weirdly low-key show. This show is so boring. Mm-hmm. There's no stakes, there's no drama. Well, there's one bit of drama. We are still talking about Dan's not-boyfriend. Because this is the only thing they have to talk about. Well, and they're still talking about, like, the bisexual guy. Like, God forbid Dan leaves. Because if Dan leaves, there will be nothing for this show to be about. Because it's all about Dan's not-boyfriend. And and I guess the, the bisexual storyline. So I guess as long as we keep one of them, this will stay almost the show. So they get home from the zoo to find a little karaoke mic on the coffee table. Yes. And then my next note. Oh, we've barely seen knockoff John Darnell this episode. Wait, nope, there he is. Oh, turns out he can't sing. Yes. Yeah, so So they all go out to like a bar. So, and this is important. We find out that they're going to do karaoke. I elbow Lard. I'd be like, hey, I bet you we don't hear them sing anything. Because I bet the show didn't pay for the rights to any songs. And my I bet- wish I was right. Now, my bet... <laughs> Is, oh, we'll hear one song. Yeah. We're both wrong. I'm closer, right? (laughs) They all, all must perform I Will Survive. A disco song by Gloria Gaynor. Now this is, you know, this is a stereotype. Yeah. About, you know, mostly in the 90s, but I guess moving into the early 2000s that like the LGBTQ population liked disco. Which, I don't understand why it was a stereotype, but it was. So, it's awkward and bad. It's edited together really poorly. Yeah, like, the song doesn't sound right anymore. It's not like they cut from one and then the next person Is picks the next up line. where they left off. No, it jumps all over the place. It's miserable. Sean cracks up and dances instead because he can't sing. And that's kind of fun. And then we find out they paid for a second song. It's Raining Men. Yes. And over my favorite... This is when I realized the crew hates the show. Because we get Wes talking about how the show will flout stereotypes over a montage of them singing It's Raining Men. Yeah, I, I call this the editor's rebellion. Where they were just like, this show is stupid and I'm going to edit this together to show how stupid it is. So, Andra gets to pick one guy to sing a duet with James and have a one-on-one. She chooses Wes, and they paid for a third song. Yes. Almost Almost Paradise. Paradise From Footloose. Knocking on heaven's door. We get the same weird kind of ceremony, where there are three groups of three I don't think we actually really broke that down in the last episode. Okay. So, this this is important. This is the twist. James no longer gets to pick out of everyone who he wants to send home. The producers randomly, hard air quotes, Oh yeah. put three guys together and he must eliminate someone from that group. And then the other two will get to stay and then a new group of three will come up. Yep. I immediately say, and I'm not going to like 
fully explain this in detail because it will spoil things, I guess. When someone's eliminated, you find out if they're gay or straight. To me, it is painfully obvious that they are making sure that every episode he eliminates a gay guy and a straight guy. So if you see someone who's straight and you think of the two people that he's also in a group with, you've discovered who the other straight people are. In my opinion, it's, oh, okay, when... It's to make sure that there are straight people close to the end. Right. For me, it's not that they cut an equal amount. It's so that they don't cut all the straight guys. I mean, I think that's part of it too, but I also think as a viewer, you would be upset if he didn't send a straight guy home every week. Yeah. Because you want that moment of, oh my God, he was straight, even though they don't do a good enough job establishing anybody as gay or straight in the show because you don't spend enough time with anybody. Right. But like, they're trying to sell that moment to you where you're blown away that someone's straight when you thought they were gay. So I think they're trying to construct it so that always happens. So the first group is... Uh, well, one, Andre gets veto power. Andre could yes. save one man. Yes. So now they also, as a twist, give Andre this ability that after James sends someone home, she can save them. But she has to make that decision instantly. So if she saves somebody from the first group, she wouldn't be able to save a guy from two or three. Right. This is so stupid. Like, here's my metaphor for this. Imagine you and I are out to dinner. Mm-hmm. And you order something. And then I say, um, I'm going to veto that. She actually wants to have the fish tacos. How do I know what you want better than you do? Yeah. Like, this whole thing is insulting. So, group one is Emo Sean, knockoff John Darnielle, knockoff John Darnielle, whose name is Sean. Rob, who I realize at this moment looks like Greg Sestero from The Room. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah. He looks like Mark from The Room. And Michael, who he gets rid of. I thought he was going to get rid of Sean because he got too much screen time. And Noah yells at me, this isn't The Walking Dead. No. Uh, Group two is Body Darren, Brian who likes Dan, and all around nice boy Matthew. He keeps Darren and Brian. Andre does nothing. He keeps, uh, he gets rid of Matthew. So then the last group is Wes, Dan, and Franklin. Uh, He had that earnest, sweet conversation with Wes, so he keeps Wes. And then he keeps Franklin, who has been sincere, earnest, and funny so far. Dan is at this point sent home, and Brian is visibly disappointed. Yeah. We find out Matthew, the all-around nice boy, was gay and genuinely there for James. Michael was straight. Yes, he wasn't bisexual. He was just straight. He made up the fact that he was bisexual because he accidentally said he was with a girl. (laughs) And Dan was straight. And Dan was straight the whole time. Dan, the actor, turns out he was straight. Uh, Oh, wow. Dan felt horrible about Brian's crush on him. Really? He went to the producers about it. 
Really? It felt like... I only signed up to lie to one man. Yes, essentially. <laughs> now you got me lying to two? And Brian said, when uh, when Brian learned the truth, he said, quote, it hurt. A whole relationship that could have happened was just immediately taken away. Yeah. So Brian was actually, like, legitimately hurt by the... Brian reveal. was in-person catfished. <laughs> like... Because uh, this was from Newsweek. Because uh, they were talking about the situation... This did make a big splash. So I did want to talk about this, like, like this made the new, like Dan and Brian made news. Really? And uh, Dan just didn't feel good about that situation. And Brian was, in fact, super upset about it. So there's a couple other problems I want to just like real quickly discuss. One, this whole veto power. Mm-hmm. We didn't mention it, but but I'll bring it up now. In the previous episode, they made it seem like Andra was going to just eliminate people. Mm-hmm. They were like, next episode, Andra has all the power. And yeah. then there was like shots of her alone looking at like the photos of all the guys. And it would have made sense as a twist of like, this is the person you trust most. You don't get to have any say to how, how much do you trust her. In this way to kind of force a conflict between these two. They don't do any of that. So now I feel like the show has lied to me. Right. And two, every time a straight guy goes home, they talk about how much they've learned. Yeah. And how like, you know, it it really turns out we're all just people, you know, gay, straight stereotypes. They're not real. I learned by lying to a man for two days what it's like to be in the closet. Yeah. It's like, no, that's, oh, that's such a bad take. It truly is, and yet. So, episode four. We find out at this point, the two, like, cliques are Wes, Brian, and Rob, and then Sean and Darren. And Franklin sort of floats between the groups. Yes. And then they're going to go horseback riding because we didn't already do the cowboy. Yeah, it's more cowboy time. More cowboy time. Uh, I do want to say episode four is when we switch to the other uh, version. Yeah. Uh, the first three episodes are so painful because not only are they they boring, they're very clearly slowed down. Oh, my God. I think the version that we watched for episodes four, five, and six might have been slightly sped up. So the show's a little bit more enjoyable. But not by much. Also, James has an entirely different voice now. Yeah. Because he's no longer being slowed down to stay on YouTube. Again, um, you keep surprising me. You keep having fun. You keep having a great time. I'll give it to you. I can't see you. Well, you already grabbed it. It's like, hoping you're staying, right? <laughs> yes. Again, um, you keep surprising me. You keep having fun. You keep having a great time. <laughs> well, you might grab it's like hoping you're staying, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm curious how that would have affected our overall feel for this if we watched the correct version the whole time. And I just want to let you know that that tainted our look at this show. So they're going horseback riding again because we haven't uh, we haven't hit that stereotype. Yeah, doing more enough. cowboy stuff. And it's so hard for both of us to say cowboy stuff. I just heard it in both of us. It's hard. So we, it's this very awkward, they're like in a s- single line. 
So Wes is excited because he gets to ride the horse near James. Mm-hmm. And he spends the time talking smack about Darren. Because Darren's too naughty a boy for sweet, boring James. Yeah. And then Rob complains because he's stuck at the back. And he's like, I'm looking at the back of everyone's head and also breathing in the dust. Yeah. So then Brian wins the one-on-one lunch. And by wins... Wins. You mean he pulls his name out of a hat. Because James... This show seems designed... For James to do as little as possible. Yeah, he didn't even have to, like, make a decision and have, like, emotional music play. It's just like, ooh, let's leave it to random chance. This is so boring. Uh, then he has drinks with Rob. Yes. Uh, I will it's say... It's super windy when he has the drinks with Rob. So, yeah, it's... All the uh, footage is unusable because yeah. it's just wind. <laughs> The wind was blowing so hard that half of the time was spent saying, you know what, can you repeat that? And then James asked me a really interesting question, which I was not expecting. If you found yourself having a connection with one of the guys more than me, what would you do? And like, it's mostly talking heads explaining that you don't get to see this part of the date. Because the wind ruined it. Uh, Two things that are semi-interesting... Nothing actually interesting happens, but two things that are semi-interesting happen here. One, there's all this talk of, like, is anyone just playing a game? Yeah. And this could be one of two things in my mind. One, they need to force the people to talk about the twist without revealing the twist. So they're just kind of like, just say that who's playing a game. So it doesn't make any sense. But they're just like, I don't think he's being honest. But like, so you can go on a trip to New Zealand with a guy you don't like? Like, it's very confusing. But it's also 2003. Yeah. In 2003, nobody, or everyone was so blown away by the success of Survivor. And after Survivor, there was this push of like, well, if you get on a reality show, you will become famous. Yes. So I think that's what's happening here is they're playing with this idea that some people aren't here to find love. Yes. They're here just to be on TV. Because back then that meant something. Well, because, dear listener, there was a time where people actually went on reality shows not to be on TV. Like where we are now, everyone who's on a reality show is there to be on TV. Yeah. Not for the challenge, not to find love, not because they need the million dollars. It's because they want to be on TV. Back in 2003, reality TV was so new that there was actually people who just wanted these experiences that made it to the show. Normally, these people would never make it to the show because they're boring. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So... Then Franklin wins a solo date by getting his name pulled out of a hat. Uh, probably the same hat because I think, because no one gets chosen twice. Yeah, so I think everyone's name's just going to come out of it. Uh, so he gets to ride home with James in the limo while the rest of the men ride home in a van. Yeah. And they complain about the van. And then uh, we get a clearly edited montage of Franklin at dinner talking too much. Yeah, it's just him, like, talking, and then they cut in shots of people looking bored. And then someone says something like, man, I'm really wonderful. That is clearly not related to what was just going on. 
Yeah. For me to go around the world, uh, work, I guess, not necessarily as a wine rep, but as a, uh, an importer of wine. Someone's life is in that glass. Their sweat, their tears, their blood. I got this little tiny putter Mazda. Argentinian Malbec also is just, when I was in Antigua, we were building schools for this tribe. And, and you're 23 years old pocket. and you've done all this. Yeah, well, it's my family. My family, my parents, mom, dad, I love you. <laughs> you guys have done, I believe, a wonderful job. I'm great, aren't I? <laughs> just to invent drama. And speaking of invented drama, we forgot about this piece of invented drama. Yeah. Who's the bartender? Uh, that was... Uh, ba, ba, ba. That was Brian. Brian is a bartender. They use that basically to say he's a prostitute. Yeah. They're like, I don't know if I could date a bartender. All they do is get molested at bars. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's very odd. It's like, I don't want to have to share them with every person that goes to the bars. He's a, he's not a go-go dancer. He's not a stripper. And even if he was, <laughs> like, he's still not, like, that still doesn't mean he can't date or be worthy of love but like this is right next to being like oh he's a lawyer he's going to be spending all that time with clients yeah it's like yeah <laughs> there's nothing sexual about that so uh, annoying so uh we see the host again and i'm like oh yeah there's a host in this show uh she does nothing but her blush works hard yeah so James is going to have to eliminate half the guests tomorrow. Darren wins one-on-one -on -one dessert. Mm -hmm. Franklin is bitterly jealous because Darren and uh, James kiss, and they make a big deal about how, like, oh, James doesn't kiss a lot of men. No. So this That's is when I start pitching the theory, is James strict? Wouldn't that be a twist? So what my thought here is, is a lot of, in the early to mid 2000s, there were pretty much only two ways uh, the LGBTQIA community would be presented in media. It would either be completely sexless, mm -hmm. like a queer eye for the straight guy where like they're gay, but you don't really see them do anything relating to their yeah. personal lives or the queerest folk end. Yeah. Where it's hypersexualized. Mm -hmm. So this is Bravo clearly choosing that they want to stay on the less sexual end of it. Right. And there was, in fact, a rule that the men could go no further than kissing. Really? Yes. <sighs> because they didn't want that to be the focus of the show. And I'm like, yeah, it had nothing to do with standards <sighs> and practices at all. This show's dumb. Because I'm going to make fun of Glee now because uh, I'm going to give Riverdale a break this week. No. Oh. Because Glee used to have the issue of your straight leads would be able to make out multiple times an episode every episode. Any same-sex couple ended up maybe getting a kiss or two a season. Mm -hmm. Brittany and Santana actually even make a comment of it. That straight couples are allowed to kiss in the hallways all the time, but they get yelled at anytime they kiss in the hallway. Right. Because standards and practices is a little bit more leery of any same-sex relationship or same-sex affection. Right. I believe that's also been discussed in uh, film ratings. Right. Of 
a same-sex kiss will get like a PG-13, mm-hmm. whereas you could have a heterosexual kiss in a G-rated movie and nobody blinks. Right. So uh, that's... So I, I find that very interesting that so much focuses on James kissing a man. Yeah. So then two men come in. Oh, well, don't forget this. We almost get a game of charades. Oh, God. Oh, charades are going to happen. Luckily, two men show up. And they're strippers, but they immediately get thrown out because God forbid something interesting happens. (laughs) Literally, it's these two guys show up and they're like, oh, I don't know about you, but it's a little hot in here, isn't it? Yeah. And they Hulk Hogan their shirts and then it smash cuts and they're gone. (laughs) Yeah. We're not having any of this. Uh, then they're like, this might be my favorite part of the show. Well, if we're not going to have the strippers, let's have a lap dance competition. So each of the contestants takes turns giving James a lap dance. And almost all of them make James stand up. So he does not have a lap anymore. Which is the purpose of a lap dance. Sean is awkward. Franklin is awkward. Oh, wait. You know what? This is just all awkward. You know what? This is exploitative and awkward. Those are my next several lines of notes. Mm-hmm. So Sean wins a limo ride. And Wes knows he's going to go to their house tomorrow and bring James breakfast in bed. Yes. It is time for the perfect metaphor for this show. Wes shows up. To uh, make breakfast in well, bed. Sean gets the limo ride first. Oh, yeah. No, so she- nothing happens. <laughs> no. Uh, I have notes. Uh, Sean and James are super awkward. And James asks if, like, Sean met him in the wild. Would he hit on him? And Sean's like, yeah. And then he asks Sean if he would kiss anyone in the house. To the point where I almost think kiss is just metaphor. Like, they're told they would have to say the word kiss when they mean everything. Yeah. And... Sean is like, no, no, I sure wouldn't kiss anyone else in the house, only you. And then they have, like, the awkward moment at the end of the date where they just have these really long, awkward hugs. Mm-hmm. And then Sean goes back inside. And then the next morning, Wes is going to have to go make breakfast in bed, as you were saying. Uh, this, this here is the perfect metaphor for this show. Wes shows up to make breakfast in bed to discover there's no food in the house. Yep. It, it's so perfect for this show to be like, yeah, then he makes a breakfast in bed. Oh, we forgot to get ingredients. Like, <laughs> there's no forethought thought in this show at all. So then uh, Andre comes in and, like, helps him pull together some semblance of a breakfast. And they talk about kissing. And before that, we see the commercial tag and they play in the pool. Yeah. And when they come back, we don't get any of any new footage. We just see the same like 15 seconds of them playing in the pool. Yeah. The, the only thing I want to point out is Wes gets into bed with the food. And like, James, so how are you? And James goes, actually, I'm pretty exhausted. Because for the last week, he's had to get drunk every night and be a cowboy every day. Yes. What an exhausting experience. What an exhausting four days he's had. So, 
they're going to do the selections again, and it's three pairs of two. Yeah, we're going to go down from six to three, our final three. So Brian and Darren, he keeps Brian. Naughty Darren is out, even though they kissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wes and Rob, he keeps Wes. Sean and Franklin, he keeps Franklin. My next note is everyone here is crying. My God, they're all so boring. Mm-hmm. Sean, when he gets eliminated, just like, I want to hug everybody. I yep. want to hug every- everybody. Get to hug. I just, it's real cool. And then as soon as he's out of the house, it's like, I really learned a lot about what it's like to be gay because Sean is straight. Yes. And one- he, more than anyone, kind of has this like, I've changed the world. Love is love. It's not, it has nothing to do with two different worlds of gay and straight. And so I'm hoping that this show bridges that and melts away the fears of how different we are. I didn't change any of my mannerisms. I didn't feed into any of those stereotypical changes because that would have went against everything that I stood for going on the show. I am so excited to, uh, <laughs> to, to see my girlfriend, to kiss my girlfriend, um, and to tell her that I love her. Yeah, oh, there is a <laughs> there is an ungodly smugness to Sean. You know what I did right now? Changed America. Changed a lot of minds. Oh my god, he's so pretentious. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, one of the guys leaves a note and gives Franklin his number. Uh, Brian admittedly... And I laugh because Brian's dead and Brian's the only guy who has publicly acknowledged having a crush on another guy. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end of this episode, two-thirds of the way through the show, James is told that one of the guys is straight. And his response is an Owen Wilson. Wow. Wow. Of all the three final mates, Wes, Brian, and Franklin, one of them is straight. I, like, the fact that they couldn't even get him to have a reaction <laughs> to the fact that he's been lied to for a week by multiple men he has feelings for. Wow. <laughs> Episode 5 starts with them trying to tell him the twist again and the same reaction. Wow. Can, can you give us a little more here, James? We're kind of selling the show off of this moment. Wow. So we find out that uh, if he if James picks a gay mate, uh, he will win. James will win twenty five thousand dollars, and the men will win a trip to New Zealand. Yes. And if he picks a straight man, the straight man will win twenty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And then uh, the host tells us that the gay contestants do not know that there are straight men in the house, mm-hmm. and that essentially that the straight men did not know who one another were. Yeah. And he then tells James that he cannot ask them their sexual orientation and he cannot tip them off that he knows the twist. Right. Uh, Then we see the men and we have uh, this moment where Wes actually does have an emotional reaction to losing Rob and Sean with whom he was quite friendly. And then Rob has left them a note and he left them the chess set. Right. With, like, this one's on me. 
mm-hmm. and a bottle of vodka next to the chess set. Nice. So the men do a shot for Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean's note makes a remark that calls out that Wes is going to cry when he reads it. Mm-hmm. And then Wes cries. And Wes laughs at that because he is crying. And this whole episode is going to be one-on-one dates. But first, Andra. Yes, yeah, so we have to break the news to Andra. Now, I personally believe what happens here, and I have no evidence of this, is the producers pull Andra aside and they're like, uh, so James is going to reveal a twist to you. We really need you to have a big reaction. Yeah. <laughs> because when she finds out, she explodes. She absolutely loses it, but also makes it about her in pretty much the... Yeah. Come here, honey. That's bull**t, James. And what do I get to be made an asshole of on national television? That's me. For, for caring about these people, for having somebody f***ing fool me. That's fabulous. I'm the fool. You're not the fool. I'm the one who's been shoving them down your throat. It's so dumb. So... So she freaks out, and James calms her down. And then James and Andra have a conversation that's them just stereotyping the men. So the first date the first date we see is James and Franklin. They have a spa date and a nice dinner in like a hotel. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. awkward. And nothing like the only thing that's interesting in this spa date is they have to change. And James is like, I was trying to see if he got uncomfortable about being naked. And he didn't seem uncomfortable. And that's literally the only thing that I could tell you other than there's shots of them getting a massage. Yeah. So, the next one we see, they have to get up super, super early in the morning. And it's Brian and James going on a balloon ride. A hot air balloon ride. And on the way to the balloon, James just interrogates the crap out of Brian. Yeah, this is James's move, is tell me a secret no one else knows. And all three guys' reaction, when because they ask all three of them this question. They all give them this look of, you know, this is going to be on TV, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you anything. This is, there's a cameraman right there. Uh, James is so boring that during takeoff, the hot air balloon almost crashes. And I was like, we've seen a hot air balloon before on crash on Stay Tuned before, right? I think during the Amazing Race, there was a crashing hot air balloon. Uh, but... The balloon almost crashes, and then they talk to James about it later, and he was like... We got in the, in the bucket, and it was kind of bouncing around, rocking around, made us really nervous, we were holding on, and then it just kind of lifted up. Yep. That shows exactly how boring this man is. He's yeah. told to describe a distressing hot air balloon ride, and all he can tell us is it kind of went up. Oh my god. It's the one thing a hot air balloon does, and he described it as kind of happening. It's he's so so boring. Uh this is also where it dawns on me 
that they're trying to pretend like this is three different days. Yeah. I think he went on all three dates in the same day. Yeah. But we're seeing them out of order. Because the date with Brian, he makes the note that it's 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. And then he goes to an afternoon spa date with Franklin. And then with Wes, it's going to be evening. I think this is one marathon of a day. So James kisses Brian and Andra is hype. Yes. And then James goes out with Wes and he interrogates Wes over his ex. And then they go out to the backyard where they've set up all of these candles. And the candles like melt together and catch fire. And Wes is just like, yep, it's a normal Wes date. Yeah. Like, there's this moment that they've been building up that there's going to be an explosion. Yeah. But what's basically happening is there's a bunch of candles that are too close to each other, and it causes, like, a big fireball. And they all slide backwards in their chair. And then we sh- they show that three times in slow motion as, like, hooks to get us to come back. And then when it happens in the show, we just see it in fast motion, and it's over. You never see the fireball. Nope. For all we know, it didn't happen. (laughs) And they're just pretending. So. Because God forbid something happened in this show. So, the episode ends because we're not getting eliminations in this episode. And you catch that there's a disclaimer in the credits in this episode about eliminations. Yes. It's something along the lines of... While the producers made suggestions, the leading man had full control over eliminations. Which I thought was very odd that it we caught it in this episode that had no eliminations. Yeah. So, we get that. And now we're going to go into the last We're going into the last episode. The dramatic conclusion of Boy Meets Boy. It starts with the three remaining mates stealing a camera and turning into like seventh graders at a sleepover. (laughs) It's kind of fun. It's almost fun. they're, They're drunk and stupid. And it reminds me of the skunk in Daisy of Love. Yeah, where it's just like stuff's kind of happening. And then Brian and Wes are laying, they're all in their bed separately in chatting, like very middle school sleepover. And Brian and Wes start to worry out loud, what if there's a weird twist? Yeah, because that line was fed to them. And they talk about kissing. Wes admits to having kissed James and Brian pushes a potted plant over to him, over onto him. Yeah. It's quite frankly the best the show has been. It just throws this tree at him and then just immediately goes, I'm just kidding. And then Brian is complaining that Franklin got a better date. He's jealous of Wes for getting a kiss. Brian's just grumpy because Brian woke up at four in the morning and it's like 2 a.m. now. Yeah. So Brian is sleepy and grumpy. I've had a really long day. I almost died in a hot air balloon with the world's most boring man. So then we get an in- Entirely too long sequence of James and Andra speculating about each man, trying to figure out who was who was straight of the eliminated men. Yeah, and this is more than we've heard about these men in any moment prior to now. Yeah, they're edited to get everything that they say wrong in the hopes that we think that that means he'll get it wrong at the end, and it's just like 
I don't remember who any of these people are, so this is completely ineffective, and I don't care. Exactly. So then, James and Andra go down to the mate's house, and there's a moment where Andra baits them. Mm-hmm. And says something to the point of like, you know, I'm concerned of who was playing a game here, playing games with James. That's horrible. Who would lie to James? Yeah. And she's insinuating that like there were real- people here who wanted to be reality show fame chasers. Mm-hmm. She also... But s- when you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one who gets hit yelps. Yeah. And Franklin freaks out. Yeah. I, I also want to point out that... Because... <laughs> This argument happens between Franklin and Andra, and the the big lines that I pulled out is Andra going, gay men are just different, you know? I don't know what she's trying to bait out of them when she says that, but like it's clearly like this is her move to learn who's gay and who's straight. What's your it's, secret? It's just be like, have you noticed gay people act different? Anyone? And Franklin says something along the lines of, like, it's not that we're all different, we're all the same, like, it's just, you know, the way that we dress, and he goes all this stuff, and he says something about being pretty, and Andra goes, oh, you're pretty? Yeah, it's very a lot. It's like, the, the amount of anger coming out of her, if you're one of these three people, is so baffling. It absolutely is. So, the boys are packing because they're all leaving the house at the end of this. So, all three boys are packing. And Brian uh, still misses Dan. Yeah. Noah hopes that Brian is straight and that they're both going to have discovered something about themselves. Yeah, I kind of love the idea. It's like, it turns out Brian's straight and they're just going to be bros later. (laughs) Wes is not optimistic about being chosen. So, they start drinking and I have a moment of, only Wes appears to have a mixer. Damn, boys. Yeah, they start just drinking really heavily. They just drink straight vodka. Hey, Noah. You got two, uh... Two oh, oh do I, you want me to choose now? Yeah. All right. Suddenly, and with no buildup... Oh, no, I have to pick between just a girl or the thing that gets... Gremlin. Gr- the It's a gremlin. Yeah, there was going to be more sentence there. Okay. The thing... That turns evil when it's full of water. <laughs> water. <laughs> ah, you you have no poker face. You have no poker face. <laughs> Just a girl. Oh, that was a shot of straight tequila, and I was not ready at all. Oh my god! (laughs) No, guys, guys, stereotyping. Noah said I had no poker face. What do you think's in the other one? 
I think it's vodka now. Nope. No? Nope. Because I will say, all right, I got a lot of things I got to recap real quick about what just happened. Okay. I really thought the shot was going to be a shot. And yeah. I was like, I want to start by doing a shot. And then it was water. Yep. Uh, and then, because it made sense that there would be water in the gremlin's glass. Uh, I, when I saw the gremlin's glass, it was a, lit, a little bit thicker. Mm-hmm. So whatever it was, was coming out of being very cold. Yes. So it was either directly from the freezer or it was seltzer. And I was like, it doesn't seem to be bubbling or something. But I think this is something from our freezer. It is. Um, for those of you who have not hung around with us. Uh, <laughs> that smells bad. When I drink something that's very heavy on tequila... My body rejects it, and I make this noise. However, I haven't done a full shot of tequila in probably a decade. As soon as it hit my lips, I wanted to make the noise, but then I would just spit tequila everywhere. So I just held it in my mouth, and my entire body started to just fold in on itself. As if it was trying to form a new reality. Um, but I got it down. Ah. Oh. God. Okay. So what do you think was in the other one? I'm going to say... I, I Smell it. I think now that it's it's Malibu. It is not. Oh, it's Peppermint Snops. No. It's Peppermint 99 Bananas. It's 99 Peppermint. 99 Peppermints. Ah. Oh. <sighs> So the finale. Um, so then we get a montage of James talking to each boy individually, and he unceremoniously cuts Brian. I, here's a very important point. I we really need to bring up. Okay. They're all wearing almost identical outfits. Like Franklin's in a black button-up shirt. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wes is in a black button-up shirt. James is in a black button-up shirt. Yep. Like, they're all just identical humans. Yes. Uh, and we just kind of like, we do this thing where he talks to one of them for a few sentences, and then it cuts to someone else. And then he talks to them for a few sentences. Uh, he cuts Brian... And it was just kind of like, it's over with Brian. Uh, And we find out Brian is gay. Yeah. So there's two people left, Wes and Franklin. One is straight. We then see, like, in the tease. We see him go after an unseen man. Yeah, saying, I think you're straight. Saying, like, based on blah, blah, and blah, I knew you were the straight one. Yeah. After another commercial, we come back. And we find out that what he said that to is Franklin. And there is no suspense because we see him give this whole long paragraph speech that he gives verbatim. Mm -hmm. So we know he's saying it to Franklin. Yeah. And Franklin's like, oh, dude, you're right. I hope you're not insulted. I learned so much, which I think it... The producers must have said, like, when you're out at a straight, 
Talk about what you've learned. Yeah, because he just kind of desperately tries to, uh, he desperately tries to backtrack and make himself not the monster. Uh, so what they, they then have like a hearty handshake. Yeah. Once again, I want to point out that like he was in the group with Sean during eliminations. He was in the group with Dan during eliminations. So if you know anything about reality shows, you can figure the show out immediately. Like we did. Uh, granted in 2003, you might not realize these skills yeah these these are things we've honed over a decade but what this means now is we know wes has won Mm -hmm. and there's no suspense absolutely he's just gonna be like all right now we're gonna tell wes yep sorry it's boring uh wes is chosen they hug and then there's an actual like slightly steamier kiss at the end he asks Wes to go to New Zealand with him. Do they go? Well, I want to just real point out that, like, they have a montage of, like, them being together. Mm-hmm. And it's all just them sitting by the pool. Yeah. Because that's the only thing they did. Like, there's not a lot of cowboy stuff. No. It's just like, remember when we sat by the pool? And then in a perfect metaphor yet again for this show is the ending. Mm-hmm. Wes goes, let's go. And James goes, where? And Wes goes, I I don't know. And then the show ends. So, James starts out as a benefits admin for a law firm. Okay. James tries to get into acting after this show. So it turns out the person who was trying to use this to further his career... Is James? James. The man who couldn't show a single bit of range this entire show? Unbelievable. You want to play known for Sure. Good. You won't get any of them. These are the four things that James is known for? Yeah, and they... Yeah. Uh, boy meets boy. Yay, one out of four. I, I don't know what else he would possibly... A fucking State Farm commercial. Uh, no, but he was, in a, he was in an insurance commercial, just not State Farm. Oh, really? Uh, That's pretty good. <laughs> another gay movie. Is that what it's called? Yes. Okay. I thought you were trying to give me a hint. I was like, what? No. uh, Another gay movie, it was in that vein of another teen movie, scary movie. Right, right. Making fun of like LGBTQIA films of the early mid-2000s. Okay. But it's like him, Richard Hatch is in it. Uh, (laughs) I like that. Graham Norton's in it. Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall. Okay. And then like a bunch of younger guys. And then nothing else you've heard of. I guarantee. Okay. He also did a uh, an off-Broadway show mm. called My Big Gay Italian Wedding. Oh, fun. So, that was a thing that he did. So, you were going to say something about this trip they went on. Yes. What is, what, 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 what research did you find? Uh, they were giving they were given travel vouchers, and they don't go together. They go separately to New Zealand. Correct. And hope not to run into each other. Yeah, I would assume so. Now, my big gay Italian wedding did run for years, so I, I'm not sure how long 
uh, James was with the show. Okay. But he was with the show in 2004, which makes me think that he was doing it kind of right off Boy Meets Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, Boy Meets Boy finished taping in May. James and Wes were not allowed to be seen together. Of course. Until September. And uh, they were planning to go to New Zealand the following March. But James and Wes were both at the Out 100 for Out magazine. Uh, they had the Out 100 party and both of them brought different men. Oh. Uh, James was focusing on showbiz and was dating a Universal Pictures publicist. And uh, nobody is actually sure who Wes was dating. He just brought his date with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a rumor that Jay from the Culture Vulture from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy had a crush on James. Okay. So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much everything I found on Boy Meets Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't much to it. Well, there's one thing that I know you found that we I want to bring up. Yeah. That it was listed as one of the top 50 most influential... Top 100 most influential seasons of reality TV. I completely disagree with that statement. Like... You can say it's a trailblazer because it was the first gay reality show, but it's not like it opened the floodgates for gay reality shows. Like, it's not like there was a season two. Nope, because they knew they couldn't do a season two because it would be too difficult to do a season two. Because by this point, the everyone knows the uh, everyone knows the twist. I mean, you just call it something else. Yeah. Yeah, it's that easy. Like, they were able to do Joe Millionaire twice and Joe Smo at least three times. True. So, like, you could figure out a way around this. Uh, but, like, I can't... The only other gay dating show I can think of, there's two, and one is playing it straight, where which is the opposite of this. Right. Where it's a girl dating a bunch of guys, but some of them are gay. And... Tequila Tequila. Yes. Like, I can't think if there was just like a gay bachelor. Like, something without like wild twist. And they were just like, yeah, it's it's a dating show for the gay community. I'm sure by this point it's happened. Yeah, it's just like, I don't want to give this show any credit at all. Uh, I will say that this show spawned kind of like this internet joke. Yeah. Of what is the greatest reality show of all time. Yeah. Uh, Twelve gay men in a house. And, like, you're allowed to... There's no, like, bachelor. They're all... There's just twelve single gay men in a house. And they're told one of them is straight. And uh, every week, the house tries to vote out the straight person. And if the straight person can make it all the way to the end, they win a million dollars. Okay. They're all straight. Ah. It would be the greatest reality show of all time. (laughs) If it was just 12 straight guys being like, I'm so gay. It would be incredible. Uh, That was a big thing that was making the rounds of the internet a while ago that I was like, this is comparable. Uh, I have a suggestion for this show that I want to bring up to you and I want to know how you think. Sure. I think it fails entirely on this whole who's gay, who's straight thing. 
I think you could have saved this show if we knew who was straight in the beginning. So that we had dramatic irony? Yeah, this way, maybe we would cheer for, like, James a little bit more, because we know he's being lied to, and we can turn people like Sean into a villain. Yeah. Or, what I think might happen, because I hate James, I hope he loses. (laughs) It's like, pick the straight guy. I don't want you to go to New Zealand. You're boring. (laughs) Like, being able to have the knowledge and watch it from that perspective instead of playing along, I think would be a more enjoyable experience. This way, instead of it being like an abrupt, yo, I learned so much, we could have episodes of talking heads of people being like, you know, this is harder than I would thought it'd be. And like, I feel like I have a real connection with Brian and I feel bad lying to him because he's gone through so much trouble. And now I'm lying about going through the same struggles as him. Like, we could actually see the learning rather than feeling lied to and then being told that they learned. Yeah. That's my theory on how I would fix this show. Do you think that would work? I think it would have made the show more watchable. Yeah. I still don't think it would have fully fixed it. I think it would be an improvement, if, if nothing else. So, what's your verdict? Oh, this is a stay doomed. Same. There, There's... Nothing here. Like, to me, it felt like the producers really thought that there would be, like, the scandals you dream about with a show like this. Like, two of the contestants were going to fall in love. Mm -hmm. Or one of the straight guys was going to realize they were gay. Or one of the straight guys was going to crack. Yeah. Nothing happens of interest. If, like... The fact that some of them are straight should be a twist. It shouldn't be the premise that keeps the show going. Yeah. For it to be an effective twist, it has to be an effective dating show first. But instead they lean on that rather than making a compelling television show. Yep. And without a compelling television show, you're nothing. Yeah. I think that's all I have to say about this show. All right. So. So. What are we watching next week, Noah? So next week, I can't (laughs) believe we're watching this again. Actually, we're going to reveal quite a bit of the schedule. So listen up, gang. Uh, Next week, we're watching The Grinch Musical. Now, we have watched this before. We watched it before. It was a miserable experience. This is the 2021 with Matthew Morrison. Yeah. This is the musical, because it's going to be Christmas time. We want to do a Christmas special. And this is a very doomed musical special. So we'll be reviewing the musical of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Because Diana and Dear Evan Hansen were two of our most fun episodes this year. So Yeah. This And I... I have been begging up, down, and sideways to do a Christmas special, and so this is one of my special Christmas wishes. After that, we'll be doing a New Year's special, uh, as suggested by our wonderful patrons. Uh, Do you know the exact title of this? Uh, The exact title is First Night 2013 with Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, apparently it is a disastrous 
New Year's special. And we're going to be wishing it a happy 10th birthday. So yeah, we will be giving that some love. This is the anniversary retrospective. Yes. Uh, And then in January, it's going to be Patreon Appreciation Month. Yes. Our patrons, I feel like we didn't give enough love to. Uh, we, we had to go through our hiatus and all this other stuff. So it will be nothing but Patreon choices throughout the month of January. Uh, on top of that, uh, Laura has a work trip that she has to go on. So there will be an episode coming up that will be Noah only. So I will be doing this a solo. And you guys will get to pick what episode I'm going to do. But since Laura's not going to be here... I'm going to give you four choices of things that Laura has refused to do. So this is the only way we would ever do these. One, the sci-fi original series Blood Drive. Yeah. It is a underground illegal cross-country race where the cars run on human blood. Yep. Incredible. Uh, Two, Resident Evil on Netflix. The Resident Evil TV show came out very recently, so this will be a very recent show for us to take a look at. Uh, Three, Lara doesn't care for Adult Swim. So we're going to be doing some Adult Swim. I found something on Adult Swim called The Last Open Mic on Earth. I don't know anything about it, but uh, I thought it would be interesting since I'm a comedian. And finally, number four... I mentioned it earlier in this very episode, a exclusive to Onion TV, Sex House. So I'll put up the poll very soon. Uh, It'll start on Twitter and then move to Patreon. Your choices once again are Blood Drive, Resident Evil, The Last Open Mic on Earth, and Sex House. Where can people find us, Laura? You can email us at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you want to talk to me about your ideas for crazy reality shows, I'm at TV's Noah on Instagram. If you want to talk about the history of queer representation in pop culture, I'm back at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.